God is a powerful God. God is a merciful God. Amen. I want to conclude today our series that we've been preaching the Sundays of this month on the price. We've talked about the price of freedom. We've talked about the price of holiness. We've talked about the price of obedience. And today, I want to talk about the price of sacrifice. That sounds like an odd statement because sacrifice in and of itself is a price. Sacrifice in and of itself is a price. And too many times we don't understand that there are some things that we need to do if we're going to say we sacrifice. There's a lot of people out there that say, I sacrifice this and I sacrifice that, when the truth of the matter is the only thing we sacrifice is what somebody else gave. The only things that we will sacrifice. Pastor Tommy's back. Boy, Pastor Tommy wasn't here earlier. He forgot the offering. We'll get that in a minute. Evangelist Tommy hadn't taken up an offering all week. Pastor Tommy just completely forgot. Some of us, maybe it's good we don't pre- we won't take the offering after I preach about sacrifice. Because some of us claim we sacrifice because we give in the offering. But I got news for you. Who gave you your job? Who provided everything that you have? So how in the world can we sacrifice what God has already given us? It was never ours in the first place. How in the world do we live our life thinking that we're so holy and so powerful because we sacrifice this and we sacrifice that when when everything we have from our breath to our actions to our knowledge to our ability to our money all came from Jesus Christ. We've got to understand that sacrifice has to go deeper than just something that we give. So today, I want to talk for a few minutes, and I'm going to try to make it a few minutes about sacrifice. I want you to open your Bible. Amen. Genesis chapter 22, I want to look at verse number 14, reading from the New Living Translation. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yerah which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you right now, and I thank you. I thank you. Mercy and your grace. Lord, I pray that you would just reach down right now and anoint my body. Anoint me to speak your word, Lord. Lord, the anointing that you have rested on me this week has been phenomenal, beyond measure. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to flow in that anointing, blessing us with your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. 
I want to be careful not to step into past uh, into evangelist Tommy territory here, but I do think I need to give you just a little bit of background. Uh, um, here we're talking in in Genesis chapter twenty two. We're talking about Abraham offering Isaac as a sacrifice. We're talking about the boy that had been Abram's promise. The promise that this child was coming changed Abram's name from Abram to Abraham. Abraham was 99 years old. When Isaac was born, oh, dear Lord, help me, Jesus. I'm 49, and I don't even want to think about that stuff. And, and, I like that. I can still say I'm 49. Anyway, uh, Abraham had waited for Isaac. He had been his promised child. He, Abraham had been told, your descendants are going to be like the sands of the sea and the stars in the sky. And yet at 99, he still didn't have a kid. Now he's got his child. Most scholars believe Isaac would have been probably close to 12 by this time. Getting close to Hebrew adulthood. And God speaks to Abraham and says, you're going to sacrifice him for an offering. And Abraham, like Noah that we preached about last week, just began to move forward with the process. He didn't argue. He didn't complain. He just went and began to gather the wood for the burnt offering. He began to figure out how to go and where to go, and, and he went through the process. And we all know, and we're going to get there in a few minutes, but we all know that when he got Isaac and he placed him on the altar, the angel of the Lord called him, stopped him. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket. And God had provided his own sacrifice. And this verse comes when Abraham says, this place is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. I love this translation. It says, and to this day it's still a proverb. On the mountain of God, the Lord will provide. Oh, now I'm not don't have time to preach it this morning because I'm Pastor Tommy, not Evangelist Tommy. But I'm going to tell you, some of you want the provision of God. You're not going to get it in the valley of whining. You're not going to get it in the plains of sorrow. But when you get to the mountain of God, that's where he provides. Quit trying to live in the lowlands of pain. Quit trying to live in the middle of your struggle. Quit trying to live in the middle of your difficulty. Make your way to the mountain of God. And when you get on the mountain of God, God will provide everything you need. When you get to the mountain of God, God will make a way where there seemed to be no way. When you get to the mountain of God, the presence of God will give you every answer that you're looking for. But quit trying to hide Quit trying to be afraid and run to the mountain of God. 
But I'm not here to talk about that today. I'm here to talk about sacrifice. The first thing that I see is that sacrifice must be loved. You have to love you have to love what you're sacrificing. Sacrifice must be loved. Genesis chapter 22 verse 2 says this. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac. Take your son, your only son, yes, I. Oh, got to preach. No, Abraham had more than Isaac as a son. He also had Ishmael. Ishmael was Abraham's son trying to bypass and trying to self-fix what God's promise was. Sometimes we think God gives us a promise, but God can't fulfill that promise, so we got to do it for him. Sometimes we think when God gave me a promise that he meant I was supposed to figure out how to make it work, and all of a sudden, Abram Abram and Sarah decide that they want to make the promise work. Craziest thing, I said this the other day, craziest thing I've ever heard of, that Abram would think that this was going to work out okay. There it says, take my handmaid. Have a child with her. Ishmael is born. But Ishmael's not the promise. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what you create in your life. It doesn't matter what you come, what you bring about by your own doing, your own will. If it's not what God has sanctioned, not what God has organized, it's not your blessing. Some of us are trying to live on our own blessings. We're trying to live on the things we've created. We're trying to live on the ministries we've made. We're trying to live on the knowledge we've gained. We're trying to live on the songs that we've learned. But God said, I didn't give it to you. It's not your promise. God only fulfills what he promises, and he only blesses what he promises. So now when the Lord comes to to Abraham, he says, I want you to take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, don't you get messed up here. Don't you think that you can bring me Ishmael. Don't you think you can bring me. The Bible says that Abraham, after Isaac, had other sons and daughters with other servants. You understand that, right? Don't you bring me something you made. You bring me what I gave. Don't you bring me what what you thought you could get away with, but instead I said, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, the one I gave you, the one I've blessed, the one that you love. First says this. It says, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. Go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. He says, listen, you got to bring me the son I gave you. You got to bring me the son I love, you love. We cannot bring God a sacrifice that we don't love.
know how many times we try to give God leftovers? And we call it sacrifice. God, I'll give you my feet. I hate them. They hurt. God, I'll give you this or I'll give you that. I don't like my job, so I'll give God my job. God, I'll quit my job for you. No, you're not quitting your job for God. You're quitting your job because you don't like your job. Quit thinking you're going to get blessed for quitting a job you don't like and claiming it to be a, a sacrifice. It wasn't a sacrifice. You were celebrating. You got to walk out that door. I pastored a church one time, a church of good people. But I pastored it at a bad time for me and a bad time for them. And you've all heard me tell the story that I pastored there for one year. At the end of that pastorate, I achieved perfection as a pastor. Because every pastor longs for unity. And the day I resigned, I was happy and they were happy and we had complete unity. We were all celebrating. I walked out of that church saying, I've been delivered. Leaving that church wasn't a sacrifice because I didn't love it. Giving that dollar bill in the offering, that's not a sacrifice because you don't love it. Oh, I do too. No, you don't. That's why half the time that dollar bill goes to the washing machine. Dumping out the change in the offering plate, that's not a sacrifice. That takes weight out of your pants. That gets the jingle out of your pants. I'm telling you right now, some of us have been calling things sacrifices that ain't sacrifices. Going to church and making sure your kids have children's church and nursery and all that so you don't have to put up with them, that's not a sacrifice. That's a break. Oh, see, that's what's wrong with so many of our churches. That's what's wrong with our church. Too many people think that somebody's going back and taking care of their kids so they don't have to. The idea is we need to find ways to help make sure our kids are ministered to. I'm going to tell you, when you start sacrificing for your children, you start saying, you know what? I like preacher, pastors preaching, but I'm going to go back there, and I'm going to be with two-year-old and three-year-olds that want to yell and scream, and I'm going to chase six-year-olds around the room. Why? Because it's not about me. It's about them. We're making sacrifices that we don't love. I hear so many times in my ministry, it's just not me. I want this, and I want that, and I want this. We've made church consumer-driven, and so our church services are designed now to make us happy. It was never, we no longer design our services for sacrifice. Now if the air conditioner is too cold, somebody's complaining to me. If it's too hot, 
Somebody's complaining to me. If I preach too short, somebody said, why don't you get in the word? If I preach too long, somebody says we need to get home and we need to get to the restaurant. I'm telling you, we need to go back to the days that we set up a tent and we put sawdust on the ground and we bring out old hardwood benches and we have people that trust God enough and are hungry enough for God that they'll set in 100 degree weather and say, I don't care what it takes. Oh, I went here last Last week or week before, I'm sick and tired of seeing people that won't come into the house of God because it's not comfortable getting here when I remember a day that it wasn't comfortable once you got there. But we won't sacrifice. Oh, pastor, we've been sacrificing all week. We've been at church every night this week. We've been walking into air-conditioned buildings with beautiful music, good preaching, and an incredible anointing. What have we given up? We think, oh, I sacrificed my time. You don't love your time. If you loved your time, you wouldn't waste your time. If you loved your time, you wouldn't spend most of it scrolling through Facebook, playing video games. If you loved your time, you wouldn't spend so much time sitting in a recliner watching a TV show you've seen 14 times. Oh, one night a revival, those of you weren't here, I went back and got my picture back here and preached to myself. Might need to do that again. Tell you something. If we're going to sacrifice, we got to sacrifice something we love. It's, it's got to be close to us. God said, take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, the one you love. He means something to you. And give him. Give him. As I say this right now, and I've talked about loving, just about every one of you in this room has thought of something. That's what I love. Maybe it's a family. Maybe it's a it's a hobby. Maybe it's a a possession. Maybe it's it, it, who knows what it is. It's gonna be different for everybody. But something has popped into your head, and if it hadn't already, now it is. Can you think about well, what, what is it? I want you to ask yourself: Would you give that up? Pastor, what do you mean? You mean I got to give up my wife for Christ? No, that's not what I said. Number one, make sure you love it. Her. I said it, didn't I? Not what I meant. You mean I need to give up my kids? Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying we've got to get to a place in our life that we truly begin to say, God, you're number one. And it doesn't matter to me what you ask of me. I trust you to provide your answer. See, Abraham, when God said, 
Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, the one you love, and take him and offer him as a burnt offering to me. I, Abraham didn't say, oh, God, I don't know if I can do that. Abraham went and began to gather the wood. He put a team together to take the wood and the fire and his son to the land of Moriah. Why? Because he believed that if God allowed him to sacrifice his son, he believed and understood that God gave him to me. And if God gave him to me and he promised that there would be seed from him, he's not going to let it go away. My job is just to trust. You want to know why some of your marriages are in trouble? You haven't given each other up to God yet. You want to know why you have problems with your kids? Because... You want to know why you're having a problem with your kids? Because you haven't given them to God yet, and you're still trying to take care of them yourself. You can't do it on your own. Give your kids to God and let God take care of it. Sacrifice has to be something you love. It has to be something that, 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 that burns in your heart. Not only does it have to be something you love, Sacrifice has to include worship. It has to include worship. You can't just give up something. You've got to worship with it. Verse 5 says this. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servant. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. Now, number one, there was faith. There was faith that if I go worship with the boy, me and the boy are coming back. So we know there was faith. But Abraham didn't say, I'm going to go get rid of the boy. I'm going to go sacrifice the boy, and I'll be back. He said, me and the boy are going to go worship. You want to know why you struggle financially? Because you give in the offering, but you don't worship. If you're going to sacrifice something, you have to sacrifice it with worship. It's not just about, here it is. You can have it, God. Take it. It's about, God, I love you. And this is the best that I have. This is the most that I have. I give it to you in love. I give it to you in worship. You are worthy. You know, the word worship means worth-ship. It, 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 it's what something is worth. See, Pastor Tommy's here today because I can preach about money. <laughs> you know what God is worth to most of you? George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. And I'm not necessarily talking about Lincoln on a $5 bill. I'm talking about Lincoln on a penny. We wonder why. We wonder why our lives are struggle. 
because we don't worship in our sacrifice. We just give. Cain and Abel. But when you read the story of Cain and Abel, that's a story I've always had a hard time with. Long time. Cain was a tiller of the ground. That was his job. That's what he did. And in those days, that was more important. I'll give you a little of my personal opinion. I want to preface this. This is not, this is my opinion. My opinion is that pre-ark, that before Noah's ark landed, I believe that man, that man was completely The only, the only animal that we see recorded being killed was a lamb as a sacrifice to cover blood, cover of blood. And when they got off the boats, when God gave Noah and his family dominion over the beast of the field. And, and so I just believe, and, and again, it's my opinion, I may be wrong, but I believe pre-art they were vegetarian. So the tiller of the ground was the one that provided for everybody. The keeper of the flock, just watch sheep, make coats, because it wasn't food. It wasn't provision. But it had blood in it. When they came to worship God, it used to bother me to no end that Cain gave what he had, and Abel gave what he had, but Abel was accepted and Cain wasn't. And I used to get mad. Well, God, does that mean if what I've got is not as good as what Sister Ann's got, does that mean I'm not accepted? But then God began to show me a few things about the story. First thing he showed me is that the Bible says Abel took the first of his flock and Cain took part of his crop. There's a difference in first and part. There's a difference in first and part. Abel said, before I even worry about anything for me, I'm serving God. Cain said, let me take care of everything, and somewhere along the way I'll give God something. Here's the other thing that I believe comes in. Abel gave out of love and out of a heart of worship. Cain gave out of an obligation. Can I tell you something? There are way too many of us in this church giving our time, giving our money, giving our talents out of obligation rather than out of work. There are too many of us giving things out of a desire for recognition rather than giving things out of a desire to worship. play instruments, sing songs, teach classes. Look how good I am. You know what the Bible says? Don't let your left hand know what the right hand's doing. You're going to pray, go in a closet, pray by yourself. Don't let anybody hear you. 
Because if they if you start lifting yourself up, I promise you, the Bible says that you've received all the rewards you're going to get. You're, you, you've already got your reward. Your reward was the pat on the back. But if you do it quietly, God who sees in quiet will reward you openly. Let me tell you something. When you do things just because you do them, you give them as a part of your worship, you're not going to have to toot your own horn. Somebody else is going to toot it for you. I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. But one day this week, some of you saw this on Facebook. One day this week, I got up relatively late, and I'm not going to lie about it, and I'm not even sorry about it this week. I slept in every day I could this week. I got up one morning, and I heard mowers going. I heard water. And there was a couple in our church that takes care of my yard all the time. God just laid on my heart. I want you to honor this. Ask for it. Unless you saw the Facebook post, I'm not even saying the name right now, which will get me in less trouble. Most people know who I'm talking about. They were upset, not upset, but they were like, I didn't need to do that. I didn't need to do that. I'm going to tell you something. When you give as worship, somebody's going to trumpet you, not you. And it's going to come at a time and for a reason that it needs to be done. And I got news for you. I could go through every day of every week, and I could trumpet the praise of somebody else in this church because we got a lot of givers. But you know what? We also got a lot of people in our church and in the church is a bigger picture. It's all about what people know that. You see what I did there? Tuesday nights, Wednesday night, one of the nights, first whatever the first night I played drums was, Wednesday night I think it was, I played drums. And during the altar service, God told me. I would prayed for people, and I went over to Sister Sarah, and I said, look, whenever you think it's good, you close. And God had directed me to go get in the drum cage and just, watch and worship and one of the things i enjoyed about playing the drums this week is it gave me a chance to sit down it gave me a chance not to be talking and uh and i got in those drum cage and I, I just played and i had my eyes closed and and i told beth later when we got home you know i don't know what it was it was so enjoyable and i said and i'm playing and all of a sudden i'm going i don't know how to do that how did how did I do that? There was an anointing. Can I tell you, the next night I went to play worship. I got in there on the drums. I thought, oh, God showed me. And I couldn't find a role to save my life. I thought, God, what is the problem? 
And God says, now you're trying to be a good drummer. Now, now it's not about worship. Now it's about talent. Now it's not about worship. Now it's about somebody going, oh, wow, you did the drums really good tonight. I thought, oh, God, forgive me. And I closed my eyes. I went back to that place where it wasn't about recognition. Sacrifice must include worship. We cannot be giving unless we're giving God worship. In a few minutes, I meant to forget the offering. That's a lie. In in, in a few minutes, we're going to receive the offering. But we're not just going to receive the offering because, oh, man, we need to take up an offering. We're going to receive the offering because, man, we need to worship God. And when we receive this offering here in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you again, if the Lord will help me to remember, I'm going to ask you again, is what you're about to give the worth that you have put on God? And some of you are going to go, oh, oh, no, but I ain't got no more. That's all right. You can go look up the app Gively, and you can give straight from your bank account. You can write a check. Let me tell you something. It's not about the amount. You know what the greatest offering in the Bible I find is? Two pennies. Two pennies. See, it's not about the amount. It's about the worship. Now, Lest you get confused, a two-penny offering only works if that's what you've got. If you got 2,000 and you give two pennies, it's not a sacrifice. But if two pennies is what you have and you give all of what you have, that's the greatest offering in the Bible. Why? Because we're giving all and we're saying, God, this is not about me. This is not about what people see. This is not about the money. It's about your glory. Sacrifice must include worship. Sacrifice must be something we love. It must include worship. But the good news is sacrifice will be provided. Verse 8, I'm going to actually jump up here and read verse 6. It says, So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. Ooh, now there's a, there's a sermon in that little passage right there. The sacrifice carried the wood for the altar. Abraham carried the fire and the knife. Mm. I ain't got time to preach that. Abraham himself carried, for he himself carried the fire and the knife, and the two of them walked on together. Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy says, but there is no sheep for, for the burnt offering. Verse 8, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. They both walked on together. When we 
begin to understand that because we're willing to offer what we love, and we offer in love, and we offer in worship, God will provide the I know somebody that had a situation recently where they reached out to somebody they care for. And out of love and compassion, they offered a financial assistance to help them. And within two weeks, everything they offered to give away got given back. Everything that they offered, I'm going to do this for you. Before they even had a chance to fulfill the promise, was provided back. Actually, almost doubled. Let me tell you something. When we began to offer in worship that that we love, God begins to pour back. The verse, it's actually about judgment, but we use it about finance because it's a spiritual law that works no matter what you're talking about. Give, and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Shall men give to your bosom? If you put that in context, he's actually talking about judging. It's actually a negative that we've made a positive because we don't want to look at anything in a negative light. Actually, if you judge people, people are going to judge you, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. They're going to bring judgment into your lap. That's what it's actually saying. But the spiritual law is the same, and I believe it's okay to use it in this context. Like we use it all the time. If we give, God gives back. If we give mercy, God gives mercy. If we give peace, God gives peace. If we give judgment, God gives judgment. If we give finances, God gives finances. If we give time, God gives time. What are you letting God provide in your life? What, let me change that. What do you need God to provide in your life? And start giving that. Do you need God to provide time in your life? Start giving time. You need God to provide money in your life? Start giving money. You need God to provide peace in your life? Start giving other people peace. You need to buy, God to provide hope in your life. Start giving hope to somebody else. I, there are many times in my life that the greatest gift I can get is not finances, which I could usually use finances too. But, but one of the things I always need is peace. You know why I always need peace? Because I don't give peace. You want proof? Get in a car in front of me and drive slow. <laughs> Yell and scream and holler. Had some little fiat yesterday decide that when two lanes come together, they could stay beside me. Little convertible fiat heard my horn for 30 seconds. Dad's in the car going, he heard you, he heard you. Well, he's going to hear me again too. You want to know why I need peace? Because I don't give peace. You know how I can get peace? If I start giving peace. If I start handing peace out to people. 
What do you mean handing peace out? Don't be grouchy. I mean, I'm hardly ever grouchy anyway. Don't you put your head in your hands, Beth. Not on my schedule to be grouchy. It's an inside joke with my family right there. But all of a sudden, when we start giving out what we need, if you want people to have mercy on you, have mercy on people. If you want people to be your friend, be their friend. If you want people to shake your hand, you better be shaking theirs. You've heard me say it a thousand times. I get so upset, and I've had people leave churches because I didn't shake their hand. Pastor didn't shake my hand. And my answer is always the same. Well, then you didn't shake mine. Because I promise you, everybody that shook my hand, I shook theirs back. See, if you want to be friendly, then show yourself friendly. If you want love, show love. If you want peace, show peace. If you need finances, give finances. If you need time, give time. If you need spiritual wisdom, give spiritual wisdom. If you need prayer, you better be praying. You see, we've got to understand that our that our 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 our, our sacrifice will be provided. Go to that next slide, Cody. It messed me up. I looked up there. Our sacrifice will be provided. Abraham said to his son, "God's going to take care of it." If I could translate this into something we might understand. Isaac looked at Abraham and said, we've got the wood and we've got the fire, but we don't have the sheep. Abraham said, son, don't worry about it. God's got this. But look at where Abraham stood. He built the altar. He bound his son. He laid him on the altar, and he lifted the knife. See, some of us say, oh, I'll give what I love. I'll worship while I do it. I'll trust God for the provision. So, son, just stand here. If we wait long enough, it'll come. He bound him up, laid him on the altar, and he lifted him. My mindset goes back and forth in this. I used to preach, and I used to think, and there are times I still think this way. I used to think that when the Lord called Abraham, that it wasn't a, Abraham, yeah. I used to think that the Lord had to stop him. Somewhere when I was a kid, I saw a picture, a painting, and it was an angel with his hand. Abraham's hand from coming down, and I guess that stuck in my mind. But can I tell you how God's showing it to me today? He's showing me Abram lifting up, Abraham lifting up the knife ready to come down. And when the Lord cries Abraham, he says, I knew he was going to It was expected. He was, he was going through with it, but he was expecting to hear. He was expecting to hear. And when he heard, 
door said, do the boy no harm. And he looked up and there was a ram caught in the thicket. He loosed his son. They sacrificed the lamb. And the place was called Jehovah. The Lord provides. On the mountain of God, he will provide. When we sacrifice what we love. When we sacrifice with worship. And when we trust the provision. God will provide. There are a lot of kinds of sacrifices in our lives. We live in a day and age where we no longer sacrifice the blood of animals because we don't need to because God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for us and to be our sacrifice. But now we sacrifice other things. We sacrifice time. We sacrifice energy. We sacrifice situations. We sacrifice finances. We sacrifice relationships sometimes. But we got to make sure that if we sacrifice what we love, we sacrifice what we worship, we begin to realize that we don't lose anything we sacrifice. A sacrificed relationship is not a dead relationship. It becomes a holy relationship. Sacrifice finances is not lost finances. Come holy finances. Sacrifice time is not lost time. It's holy time. This was not planned, but this is what God, maybe God had it planned and I just didn't know it. But I want the ushers to come. This is how we're going to close the service. We're going to close with sacrifice. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to encourage you to give financially. And I want to ask you, whatever you pull out of your wallet, is that the value you place on God? Is that what you what is a sacrifice to your life? I want you to sacrifice this morning. But I want you to reach into the seat in front of you, and there's tithe envelopes there, and there should be a pen there. And this may not be everybody, but it may be some of you. I want you to grab a tithe envelope, and I want you to just write on it. I commit to giving this. And I'm not talking about finances. I commit to giving people peace. I'm going to sacrifice some time. I'm going to give an hour a day or two hours a day to serving God. I, I want you to put what you're willing to sacrifice on that tithe envelope. And I want you to put your name on it. Am I going to read through these? I, I don't know. I might. I don't know. Why are we doing this, Pastor? Because I want you to make a commitment to sacrifice. Finances, yeah. Time, yeah. Attitudes, yeah. Whatever came to your mind, when I give this up for God, I will give this for God. And I want you to give a sacrifice. I want you to sacrifice for him. Maybe it's as simple as a 
I'm going to give up a video game or I'm going to give up a TV show. Not ones you don't like, ones that you schedule around. I, I, I won't give this. doesn't mean you're going to lose anything. It means it's going to become holy. You may quit watching a TV show, but your time is going to become holy. You, you put a relationship, you put a, you put a person down there. I, I, I'll give this up. I would give this up to God. That relationship's just going to come holy because it's not going to be about you anymore. It's going to be about God. His. His. Giving you just a minute to fill those out. I'm going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you right now. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for the opportunity we have to sacrifice, for the opportunity we have to give to you. And Lord, I pray that you would just reach down and send an answer. Lord, show us, Lord. Your word says that given it shall be given, pressed down, shaking together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. And, Lord, today I want you to take whatever we give, press it, shake it together, let it run over, give it back to us. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Usher, serve the